You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the Hot Take Hot Box. My name is Matt McSweeney. I wish we were joining you on better circumstances. Not only did the Eagles lose this weekend, but we recorded 40 minutes of an episode yesterday, and it did not save it. Uh, uh, rendering and dropouts and all sorts of stuff that, uh, you know, audio uh, mangle-jangle that you could imagine came out, and all, all this, all these error messages popped up on my screen. But now we are here, Ty. My name is Come Matt forward. McSweeney. I am joined by Ty Capone. No, no porn on this computer. Uh, how are we feeling today? I mean, other than the Eagles, you know, we the, with the day removed from yesterday's episode, we got a little bit of AJ Brown quotes that we can talk about. But we're going to talk about the game. We'll talk about you know that. Where do we go from here? There's a lot that we need to get into. Yeah, and hopefully um, the technical difficulties were not related to the Epstein logs being released. I hope that's not. I hope you're not involved in that. Ah oh, um, man, you know, I, I, no comment. Honestly, Jimmy Kimmel no comment, you know, yeah. losing his mind on uh, Twitter <laughs> at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> just sort of sneak this to Jimmy Kimmel yeah. on the ESPN. Aaron Rodgers is doing a lot more sneak this than uh, practicing. You know, I, I I love how he was like, "Yeah, I'm coming back November." Meanwhile, we're in January. We're like, "Hey, bro." How's your foot? How's your foot doing? No, not so good. Okay, that's what I thought. So, how you feeling, Cuz? Um, no, no, not so yeah, good. Yeah, I love it. Uh, but we're not feeling great either. Football season, um, you know, it looked good. It started off good, and now it's kind of just torpedoed to the ground. And um, you know, I guess the AJ Brown presser that happened was it today? I, honestly, I feel like that's a good thing. Somebody said, I think it was Elliot Shore Parks. He's always talking nonsense. Sometimes I love the guy, but you know. Um, I think he said this is what's going to turn the season around. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is this is it. A couple yeah, words like, on, is going to turn the season around. Uh, maybe it does something for some guys. Maybe maybe the morale goes from like a, a 30 to a 70. Maybe, but uh, in, in my opinion, I, I just don't think the talent is the production, the sch- schematic um, concepts, um, the overall flow of the team from offense to defense and special teams. It's just not there. It's you know we don't. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what A.J. Brown can do or say that elevates our third-down defense from 32nd to you know 10th or 15th or 20th in the league. That's, that's not something that can probably happen. So I, I think a lot of our issues, they are what they are, and they kind of are, you know, our cards are on the table. And um, they're not looking good. They're not looking good. So I, I know we have 11 wins. I get it. Um, but we're like plus 1,200 to win the Super Bowl. I think we should be probably more than that. Um, I just don't. You know, they're they're going to have to win by like 60 this week for me to, to even care. And I probably still won't care, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they kind of, like, unless they luck, luck box their way into the second seed with, you know, the Cowboys losing and everything, then I, I truly don't care. It's, yeah. you know, I, what Arthur Wan says on the mic, you know, right now, at this point, I don't really care. He, he. Made it. It wasn't about what he was going to say. I knew he was never going to like uh, flame the team. Everyone was like, "Yeah, go in," you know, like flame Brian Johnson. He's not going to do that. He's not that kind of guy. But him not talking was bigger than him actually talking. That was my whole point when I made that argument last week. I think it was last week. After a win, he's not talking. It makes you know instead of everyone being like, "All right, maybe we're on the right track," 
No, we're talking about the fact that A.J. Brown didn't say anything after the game. So that, that was the big deal. I'm glad he finally did come out, explain some stuff a little bit, but we'll get into it, uh, I, I guess, after the Cardinals uh, discussion, which here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Eagles, Cardinals. What was that? Uh, Sunday, you know, New Year's Sunday. Eve. You know, you're getting ready to go. Ring in the new year. And the only good thing about the game happening on New Year's Eve is that you could leave that filthy, disgusting display of football back in the in the old year. And now we are into the new year. New Eagles, new me, new us. You know the vibes. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to make myself feel better. 35 to 31. The Cardinals have a field day on the Eagles defense. 449 yards. We only pick up 275 yards of offense as well. We had a pick six at one point with Sidney Brown. But honestly, nice. Ty, what this, what this game overall came down to was the fact that the Cardinals picked up 32 first downs. I don't know if I've ever seen that many first downs in a game. Uh, like, that was this close, you know? And they just absolutely dominated time of possession, 39, basically 40 minutes with the time of possession. But uh, they didn't punt, Ty. I mean, really, what, what can you really say about this game other than the fact that this was an embarrassment for the defense? The offense completely let us down as well with, you know, uh, the the draw, draw, timeout, uh, slip screen oh. sort of thing to Kenny Gainwell that rolls Devontae Smith's uh, ankle up, now in a boot. Now in crutches, we're going to find out. I'm sure he'll sit out this week, which he probably should. I think the Eagles should win this game this weekend, but they should have won this game this past weekend. Yeah, so you said they had 32 first downs. Uh, the Bills had 29 against us a couple weeks ago, or more than a couple weeks ago. But, <clears throat> I, um, I, yeah, I mean, where do we get started? I mean, you know, they bring in uh, James Connors doing whatever he wants against us. Uh, Kyler Murray was pretty much finding whoever he – could find uh, at times it was like, you know, at, at most times it was Greg George. Greg George caught seven passes on seven targets for 82 yards. He, he has tw- all year. He has 22 catches, 266 yards, two touchdowns. <laughs> like most of his production this year, like, like a good chunk of it came against us. That's crazy. That's crazy. Trey McBride kind of held him in check. He, he's awesome. He's had a pretty good year. Um, 648 on seven targets, but it, it's just notable. Like Michael Wilson, four, 35, a touchdown, huge touchdown. A winning touchdown on a, on, on, um, I forget who that was at corner, but, uh, on six targets, Rondale Moore had a couple catches. Elijah Higgins had a couple big catches. Um, Imari, Imari, Demarcado had a nine yard reception. Yeah. Just, just things like that. Just big chunk, not even big chunk plays, but chunk plays. You know, we're not, we're not getting tackles for losses. We're not holding guys, you know, we're not stuffing them. And forcing a third and long. Most of the third downs that we give up are third and five, six, seven, uh, four, three, two. So, like, you know, we're already putting ourselves against the wall, and the wall's just caving in on us because these guys just don't know how to get get a stop. It's it's not bend but don't break. It's bend and break. It seems yeah. like then then you got Michael Carter coming in the game. He just starts running all over us, man. It's you know Shaq Leonard's hit, linebackers are hitting the wrong holes. D lineman can't disengage from blocks, and now you're asking safeties and cornerbacks to. You know, provide the first, you know, the first and last line of defense. That's that's just you know, there's so much pressure on every single player because the guy next to them or in front of them or behind them is fucking up. So, you know, we we don't really have a leader. We don't have a quarterback of defense. I mean, it was supposed to be Nicobe Dean to start the year, and he's been hurt every week. Zach Cunningham filled in very well. Then he gets hurt. Um, Nick Morrow's, you know, he's being he's being asked to do a fucking lot. 
and it's worked sometimes and it hasn't worked sometimes. So yeah, I, I'm not really mad at him. I'm not mad at Ben Van Summeren at all. I'm not really even mad at Shaq Leonard. The guy was, a, you know, the Colts, got, the Colts got rid of him for a reason. Like, And that was one of the better uh, players in franchise history, one of the biggest fan favorites of that franchise. Yeah. His wife and Darius Slay's wife would probably uh, also get along very well. So um, Kyler Murray completing pretty much every pass. Um, Sidney Brown looking like his brother Chase with that uh, with that run back. That was nice, yeah, dude. I mean, he turned. Talk about turning <laughs> the afterburners on. I mean, that guy yeah, was man, flying, making making cuts. You know, eighty yards upfield. It's impressive, man. Him and Chase Brown, uh, the the running back on the Bengals from Illinois. Uh, two two very solid. Players, two solid athletes. I'm a big fan of both of those guys. Um, offense just couldn't really get moving, couldn't really get humming. You know, Jalen Hurts didn't do anything wrong. I don't think he did throw a pick, but um, he played one of his better games. Pro Football Focus gave him, I think, a 91 overall grade. <coughs> Nobody else did anything. I mean, Julio was the the next biggest bright spot. <laughs> um, the O line looked pretty good, I guess. I mean, I don't think Jalen got sacked once. Uh, Kenny Gainwell completed a nice little pass, but we couldn't get the run game going with Jalen or DeAndre. Um, like I said, Devontae had three for 30, AJ had four for 53. Um, th- you know, the play calling, again, was just pathetic. Yeah. Uh, the pass rush was not there. Uh, the coverage, not, you know, the coverage in general at any point on the field is, is just not working. Avante Maddox, Eli Ricks, Keely Ringo, some of these guys um, play well for a little bit. But then the, the more they play, I mean, the more they're going to expose. I mean, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is still running the Cardinals, right? So, um, <laughs> no, he's not. Or, he's not. I didn't <laughs> yeah. think so. Okay, I, I said yeah. that. I was like, he's definitely been fired a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, you had me confused. No, ago. Jonathan Gannon, brother. There you go. What the fuck? So the fact that and that makes it so much worse. Like you know, we piss on this guy's grave. You know, we, we shit all over Jonathan Gannon. We're like, yeah, Arizona, congrats, bro. Good luck. Yeah, with thank him. you they, for taking him. They had such a bad season that we're like, you know what? The, uh, Shane Steichen's doing well, but at least Jonathan Gannon's not. Jonathan Gannon comes into Philly and beats us. Beats us easily. Absolutely torches us with his roster of like just mid uh, at very at the very being generous, calling them mid because they've uh, had a yeah, rough year. Yeah, they're trash. And so. They're not trying to lose, but they definitely want to. It's definitely in their best interest to do that. But um, and, we, and, and he beats us, so he gets the last laugh. He gets the final word. I can't even be, can't even be mad at him because I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at this whole organization, this whole team. Uh, I do like how Jalen, uh, AJ, they're all like kind of sticking up for the coaches. They're like, no, nah, it's not the coaches' fault. Nick Sirianni stood up for the receivers, or he stood up for um, for us. So uh, it's not on them. It's on us. It's on everybody. Honestly, yeah. it's on every single person. Top to bottom, Jason Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts, uh, Sue Opetta, anybody. They can all get blamed. Howie uh, Roseman. Especially Howie Roseman. And especially the coaches, the entire coaching staff, um, the support staff mainly. And, uh, you know, who do you blame for putting that staff together? Nick Sirianni. Or, I guess, Howie Roseman, like you said. So, plenty of blame to go around. I'm not sure who to give it to mainly. So, I'm just going to equally spread it around. I think everyone deserves it. You're right. It's not. There's not really one person that you can point to. That would be the easy fix, right? That would be the thing that we could go. All right, yeah, just get rid of Brian Johnson and we'll be fine. Well, you know, yeah, like I obviously Brian Johnson's not doing his job well. But if you get rid of him, that doesn't change the fact that the offense just gave up 450 yards on, uh, you know, or the defense. I mean, they just gave up 450 yeah. yards like that. That doesn't fix that. 
that doesn't, you know, if you get rid of Patricia or whatever, that doesn't fix the fact that our play calling has nope. been trashed all season long and, and that we were running QB draws with our $250 million quarterback and we're running these bubble screens and the, and these just these screens all, all season long. Like we, like we have a Florida state backup quarterback playing for us. Like that's not, we have a elite quarterback, a guy who came in second in the MVP voting last year. Like I, I don't, I will never understand not letting him go, letting him like letting him loose. You know, it, it's the play calling has been horrible. And I think, it's not just it's at the point of this season where it's not just the play calling. It's also whoever's drawing up this offense, and Sirianni has taken responsibility for that. Now I don't know if that's accurate because you know we find we'll talk about it in a little bit that maybe you know he kind of takes the blame for things that really aren't his fault necessarily. But at the end of the day, it comes it comes back to him if he thinks that the the offense isn't being run correctly or that. The play calling is bad. Then he needs to step in and take care of it himself because he is the something. head coach. He needs to do also, something. Like I've, I've noticed that on Pro Football Focus, our our uh, O linemen, our run blocking grades, our guys aren't grading as highly as they used to be, used to. Yeah, like last year. So th- that that tells me that sure, maybe these guys are getting a little bit older, but something must be changing with the scheme. That guys, it, it, it's kind of like a square peg round hole or round peg square hole, whatever it is. It's just not. It's not working. It's not. It's not really coming together the way it should be. Also, we're in week. We're at the end of the year. We're in week seven, eighteen now. Right? Is that it? Um, yeah, about to be. Yeah, so about to be. I, you know, it's people. Most of the like midway through the season when we started to kind of go through struggles, but we were winning. People are like, you know what? We're going to figure it out. <clears throat> this team's been together for a while. Like so many leaders, we're going to figure it out. We're going to make some stops on third down on defense. We're going to start running for one hundred fifty plus. We're not doing that. Like the, the very opposite has happened. You know, we're getting gashed on the ground. And then on third downs when teams need a first down, like, like Connor Murray was getting that ball out very quickly. Yeah. So in, in one sense, I want to be like, you know, the pass rush stinks. It's not there, which is true. But also, like, there's no resistance in the secondary at all. We're in the middle of the field at all. And then if you look at the offense, offense isn't going over the middle of the field. They're just doing short outside routes. So. It's kind of crazy how the offense and defense are mirroring each other in, in different ways. Uh, oddly enough, it's just not work. It's it's not working. I mean, honestly, the MVP of this season is Jake Elliott. So seriously, I, I don't I don't know wh- where we go from here. You know, if we go into Tampa thinking shit's sweet, like they have some they have some weapons, man. Rashad White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Baker Mayfield. Uh, for most of the season, been playing really well. They have some guys on defense, like. That's not a pushover team. Like I keep seeing people say, "Oh, we." They're not we the team we that we them. played early in the season. You know, like they no. got better, we got worse. Yeah, like people keep saying, "You know what? Yeah, we'll take the Rams. We'll take the Rams." I'm like, "Yeah, you'll, you'll take Puka <laughs> no. Nakua because he's gonna have 250 yards." Yeah, on us. Um, shout out to Tyler Higby's sister, but Michelle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just to give a quick shout out to my girl, but. Uh, like, I, I don't want to play the Rams. I don't want to play anybody. Bro, we can't beat the Cardinals at home. Yeah. At home. So, home, away, none of that really matters to me. I, you know, I don't have a – I don't really care who we play. Honestly, like, you know, me and you, other Eagles fans, when the playoffs are coming, we're like, all right, you know, we're doing mock scenarios on who we want to play. We're making sure we can get every scenario yeah. out there just to see who we can get and hope we get them or hope we don't get them. I'm at the point where I'm like, I, I just don't care. Like, you know, people keep telling me, yo, Tampa, Philly and Tampa playoff game. Are you going? Like, no, I am not going to see that team just 
be pathetic and not even really, you know, probably not win. So embarrass uh, us. That, that's absolutely. like that's the only. Like that's the only thing I I can think of. Like especially like living in Philly. Like I told you, I, I, like a couple friends are are you know, hey, game might be in Tampa for the playoffs. Would you go? Fuck no. Why the like? Uh, uh, I don't care how much it is. I don't care how cheap it is. I don't, it doesn't matter. Why would I go down to uh, away from my home to go watch this Eagles team play football? Like they 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 have not they have not represented this city in any way. They've all all they've done is disappoint me pretty much all season long. So. Why in God's name would I go down there? You know, like I, I don't, I don't see the reason. And you, you know, I, I see the same thing with these people calling for this or that. I mean, I'm disgusted that I sat there on Saturday night and rooted for the Cowboys to win that game yeah. because we might get the yeah. two seed. Like that's, I was Crazy. literally like, dude, we're gonna take care of business against the Cardinals. We're gonna beat the Giants. We'll get the two seed. You know, the the Seahawks or or somebody like that's gonna come to town. We'll take care of business, and then someone else has to come to Philly and play us. It doesn't matter who, but we're you know we're at home. We'll, we'll take care of business. And that's just not the case, dude. That is just no, not the case. That is not the case this year. So, I guess I wanted to transition a little bit and say, you know, with all of, all the things that have gone on and everything that's happening now, uh, with how this team has fallen apart, lost four of, of their last five, really has just. I mean, they were what eleven and one, ten and one. They were ten and one after that Bills yeah. game, and it, it just really, I can't believe it. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, Ty. You were in KC. Watching one of the better wins I've seen in the regular season, where you know yeah. things one went away, but like yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. But it was a great win, you know. Like the, I felt, yep. I felt good about it after that. Uh, now yep. we're, we're watching a team that has just completely disintegrated, and our you know we've we've switched defensive coordinators. Our offensive coordinator is obviously not doing his job, and nobody's really come out and like you know I I, I know people. We're gonna get into the AJ Brown stuff. I want to say that for later, but I guess I wanted to ask you, Ty. Do you think? Nick Sirianni really should be on the hot seat. Probably, yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, especially, like, I, I don't know. I think they have to give him another year, or I think they will. I don't think they have to. I think they will. Um, I'll, I'm all the way okay with cutting, cutting bait whenever. Brian Kelly just fired the entire LSU defensive staff, all of them. He said, you, you're all gone. Um, and that, that was very much needed. And some people, you know, some tr- traditional folks will be like, oh, we won 10 games. Like, how can we're making – Absolute wholesale changes. Well, they're needed. Nick Saban, when things aren't working, he he just told his wide receivers coach, go, "Yo, go kick rocks." Yeah. Like A and M just took him from them, and and Bama fans are like, "Yeah, when's the last time we actually actually uh, actually actually when's the last time we actually developed a receiver? It's been a couple of years. You can have him." Nick Saban has always been okay with cutting cutting ties with a coach after one year or somebody that has a lot. You know, it's been hyped up. Well, these coaches have been hyped up. It's time to get rid of them. It might it might start with Sirianni. Now, I don't know what we would do. Like, you know, I'm sure the hottest and biggest name would be Harbaugh, and I, we don't even have to get into a coaching search because that who knows which way that could go. But I will say, if we're going to change up the offense, the OC is definitely the number one issue. Uh, I have issues with Sean Desai and Matt Patricia, but I also think our defense just isn't good. Like, yeah. not that good anyway. I think we have some guys, we have some playmakers, but you know, Jalen Carter was supposed to be like not a wreck, not not. Not like Trayvon Walker, where he was going to take some time to, to enter the, the league and enter his prime, and he was going to be a project. Jalen Carter was not supposed to be that, but he was supposed to be a little raw in the pass rushing. You know, his pass rushing moves he doesn't really have many moves. So, you know, there's a lot of times you see him kind of get stonewalled, pushed into the dirt because he doesn't have that many moves. He has been our most consistent and best defensive player 
all year. Yeah. Um, no questions asked. I don't, who would even be second? Who, who would your second most best BG? And he's like 35, yeah. 36. Like, like Nick Morrow, unfortunately. Yeah. Like that would be yeah, another like guy I would think of. Blankenship, you know, he, he played well to start the year. Slay has been pretty good. You know, he's 33. Bradbury just turned 30 and absolutely fell off a cliff. He's almost borderline unplayable. <clears throat> Avante Maddox, I heard he was the best slot corner in the yeah, league. He, he gets hurt, comes back, gets cooked, and then gets hurt again. So, uh, you know, we, we don't have any depth at all like, on the team, like whatsoever, at any single position, I think, besides maybe D-line. <clears throat> and even then, you know, Fletcher Cox is just – he's just okay. He, he's at the point in his career where he's pretty much a 20-snap guy. Uh, I like what Moro, Jomo, and Milton Williams and, and guys like that can produce in a rotational role. Um, but you know, look at the edge rushers, We're not getting the production that we should. No, that's uh, the Nolan Smith problem, man. The Nolan Smith pick was probably just, uh, you know, just to take another Georgia guy. We could have got Brian Branch. He was sitting right there. Uh, one of the better safeties, one of the better rookies in the league. Another safety we passed up on when we traded up for Jordan Davis was Kyle Hamilton. Jordan Davis. I mean, dude, I don't know if you saw the Baldinger, uh, Brian Baldinger clip, but he went off, not off, but he went in, I guess I'll say on Jordan Davis, just yeah. being out of shape saying he's unplayable like he shouldn't be playing and um he's right he's right the guy does nothing every play man yeah (laughs) the guy does nothing he's supposed to at least i I keep seeing people saying yeah he won he single-handedly won us the bills game first off he did not he did he did you know he did a lot of play that's what that's what people single-handedly yeah won the game but no he, he he made the big play sure but what has he done since then like i was i was arguing with this guy i'm like bro moro jomo has, has, has done more in the last three, four weeks than, than Jordan Davis has. Jordan Davis is consistently rotting at the bottom of, of, of pro football focuses grades. And that's because every single snap, he doesn't do anything. He just, he, he's not getting double teamed and taken out of plays. He's getting single teamed and taken out of plays. And he's just not, like, he's just <laughs> not doing anything, quite literally, you know? So. I saw somebody saying that Jordan Davis was like leading the league in double teams or something on run plays or something, and I'm like, that would make sense on specifically run plays, but right, like he's what about the, yeah, the, yeah. The thing is, like, he doesn't get like he makes no impact on on th- like a passing plays. Like he he's very rarely ever in the backfield. Like that's why I don't understand like what is he like uh, what what value is he providing? That that's. The thing they picked him pretty high. I mean, I get he's only twenty three years old. I'm not saying it's over for him, but yeah, like I think Baldinger's right. Like you know, he 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 looks overweight and he looks out of shape because there's plays where you see him trailing behind and he's just jogging. While you see the play where BG runs from like all the way in the backfield to make a play on a run play that that got by him. Like he's he plays with a motor. That the, the you know he's thirty five years old. These young guys are all huffing and puffing and kind of just mailing it in because the team what is eleven and five, eleven and you know like say the I think maybe maybe the problem is I, this is just kind of a wild uh, thought, but just the some of these Georgia guys are a little spoiled that they always win, you know, and they yeah. really don't know how to handle losing. So it's like when <laughs> when things are getting a little tough here, they don't really know what to do or how to handle it. I I, I don't know. I but. With back to the Sirianni thing, I, I will say uh, the problem would be for me in in firing Nick Sirianni because listen, I'm all for it. Like I re- I really am. I, I I think when you are an offensive coach and you can't even take care of your own offense and you can't handle you know like maybe firing a coordinator or drawing up a better plays or I I don't know like if you can't help the your offensive coordinator fix the offense, then really what are you doing here? What is your what is your what is your job? 
But the problem for me would be, could you get somebody to replace him that would make a big-time difference? Like, could you get it? Would Jim Harbaugh want to come to Philadelphia and coach coach the Eagles? Like, would that be something that he would want to do? I don't know. Well, you know, if if it's us and Los An- the Los Angeles Chargers, and the Chargers are throwing a ridiculous amount of Vegas. money at him, Vegas, you know, like one of those places, would that be somewhere that he'd rather go? Like, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Would you want... I don't know. Is Bill Belichick going to be available? Is that something that you would want? You know, a defensive coach, you'd still have to go out and get an offensive coordinator, and their offense hasn't exactly been the most explosive offense this year, let alone, I mean, you know, needless to say, they don't have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts, but, you know, it's the problem would be who could you get in here to replace him or make him better, and I just don't know. I think the number one thing that they have to do is get a – uh, innovative, uh, innovative offensive mind. Someone, someone that has an intricate system or just a, a system that's not so bland and you can see on face value what they're running and, and it's very predictable. We need something. I got the name for you. Who? Now, it, it makes sense because it's Jalen Hurts' guy. Lincoln Riley. Welcome to Philly, guy. No, no. He's not. I, I, yeah, he's already <laughs> flaming out at USC. So, um, Things aren't working. He's got Miller Moss cooking. That, that would be the uh, Cliff Kingsbury uh, style of uh, of, of offensive <laughs> or just yeah. head coaching. You just I'm you, not here for it. Because you're you're trash Riley. at Texas Tech, and then you get a head yeah. coaching job at uh, in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be uh, for it because Lincoln Riley absolutely used LSU for leverage to get the most crazy and insane deal from USC. He got his own private island, basically, uh, of a house uh, and a helicopter. He used LSU for leverage for that, so he can go fuck himself. And um, I also don't think he's that great of a coach. I think he's kind of been exposed. And to get exposed in the Pac-12 is uh, tough to do. RIP to the Pac-12, by the way. So uh, Ryan Grubb, that's my guy, the Washington Huskies OC. Uh, he's, he's turning Penix, Michael Penix into a, you know, he was a injury-riddled, um, just one, one read quarterback who has a big arm, has some talent. Also, he's from Tampa. Shout out to Tampa. Um, just average quarterback, never going to get drafted. Now he's turning him into probably QB4 in this draft behind Jaden Daniels, Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, and Drake May. Might be in the first round, might be in the second round. He's had like two or three torn ACLs, and he's still going to go high just because of the offense that Ryan Grubb has designed. Dylan Johnson transferred from Mississippi State. They didn't even want him. They said, yeah, we have, we have Jaquavion Marks. We don't need you. And uh, he comes to Washington. He rips it up for 1,400 yards, I think 17 rushing touchdowns this year. Um, they have like three, four future wide receivers in the NFL. Um, I'm all for Ryan Grubb. I think he's amazing. I think he turned down Alabama this year because he had unfinished business at Washington with Kalen, Kalen DeBoer. Caleb DeBoer is it Kalen DeBoer? I think it's Caleb. Um, I don't yeah, it's know. Kalen. Yeah. It's Kalen. That's what I thought. Okay. Um, like that, that, that's my guy. That's my number. Go to the college ranks. Get the young, innovative hot commodity that calls plays and is just, I mean, he's on the biggest stage tearing it up. Remember Joe Brady at LSU was doing similar things. And I think, I think the bills plucked him Panthers, Panthers. He's at the bills now and he's doing really well. The Panthers plucked him from LSU and said, listen, man, here's, here's a bunch of money and you can run an NFL program. He wasn't even running the, the the whole offense at LSU. He was just kind of, uh, he was the passing game coordinator splitting duties with Ensminger. So, you know, I, I think that's, one million percent what you try to do, no matter what you do a head coach. Yeah. Uh, I guess I obviously agree. the new head coach I guess Hardball would probably have his you know, his say. Also, if you get Hardball, there's a good chance he brings his defensive coordinator, um I forget his goddamn name. 
um, Jesse Minter, uh, who's like the best DC in the country. So I guess, you know, if, if you get hardball, you can probably get Jesse Minter as well. Uh, maybe Sharon Moore also in OC. I don't know. But either way, I'm just looking at, I guess, what's more realistic. I, I really don't think Sirianni's gone. I think they're going to give him another year. Uh, if we start the season like 0-2 oh or 2-4 and four or something like that, maybe there's a quick hook, but I don't know if Howie's going to get rid of him coming off of a Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl run last year. Yeah, I think he's going to give him a little bit of leeway. But Ryan Grubb, that's the name I'm circling. Uh, everybody remember the name. I think if they do try to go the OC route, you know, try to mix up the coaching staff, OC and DC, I think that's probably somebody – I mean, the Eagles always do their due diligence. I think that's somebody they're 100% going to look at. Yeah, I mean, for during our lifetime, the Eagles, for, for other than Chip Kelly, have done a great job of hiring head coaches. You know, uh, Nick Sirianni, say say what you want, has turned the program back into a, you know, perennial uh, playoff contender. And they, you know, th- obviously he has all the talent in the world, but he was partially the reason why they were in the position that they were. He brought Jonathan Gannon. He brought Shane Steichen. Like the guy knows what he's talking about. Maybe this is just a blip in the radar, bad year, and he can rectify it next year. I mean, hey, you mentioned Cliff Kingsbury. Maybe Cliff would want to come in and run the, and help run the offense. You know that that's that's I think just somebody somebody like that that you can really count on to not only just take over the. I mean, it didn't feel like last year that Sirianni really had a lot of involvement in the offense. It, it kind of felt like Shane Steichen took over midway through twenty twenty one, and that was it. It was yep. his job to have and. I guess I didn't personally realize how much impact he had on this team, like on on this offense, and how you know intricate his offense was, and how good of a play caller he was. But I, I'm realizing it now, and I'm missing that man because I wish I wish he was still here. But yeah, like I, I agree with you. If if they don't go that route, if they don't fire Nick Sirianni, which uh, you know it, it truly does depend on how this season ends. If they you know, I mean, if they lose both of these last two games, then then he's gone. You know, like I I wouldn't have any doubt in my mind. But if they were to, I don't know, maybe beat Tampa Bay, you know, and go the divisional round and lose a close, and maybe game, win the next game, yeah, yeah. Or, or if, if especially if they won, then he'd be back. He's good to go. But oh, absolutely. You know, but if he makes a divisional round, then he probably would be safe. It would just be if a they situation. win two. God, I, I might be on board. <laughs> if they get to the NFC Championship, I might be like, you know what, give Sirianni. A lifetime contract. Oh, absolutely! I, I, could, I would be floored if they got that far. That that that's the reason I'm saying that. I would be so surprised. But hey, I mean, we have. <laughs> you never know, right? You never know. You never know. Teams have turned things around before. I just, from what I've seen, and it's kind of been an all year thing where we've been waiting for them to play well, and they haven't played well. Like they may have had. I really think their only really good game of the season against a good team was against the Dolphins. And and yeah. that was just like I think, and I personally think the Dolphins are frauds. That that's I've yep. I've been saying that from the beginning of the season. They are a finesse team. When they play a team that can bully them, then that's just kind of how it happens. And we were in the Kelly Greens that night. There was no chance that we were losing that game. So that is our Nick Sirianni conversation. I did want to just talk a little bit about some of the stuff that AJ Brown said today during his you know announced press conference. Absolutely <laughs> hilarious that this guy goes. I will talk tomorrow. It's like okay, uh, yeah. hold on. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, you know, let me let me uh, let me sit by my uh, phone with bated breath, waiting for this man to talk into a microphone again. Before all of you morons out there, 
start saying, yeah, you made a big deal out of him not talking. You know, he, he just wasn't talking because he's a, you know, he's a leader and he didn't want to say anything negative. Listen, that's not what leaders do, okay? Leaders go up there even when things are hard and they say, hey, listen, man, we're not playing to our standard. They do the whole coach jargon that all of these other guys do, right? I mean, everyone else is talking to the media. J- Jason Kelsey talked after the last, the last game. He was pissed. You could tell. Guy was basically hyperventilating at his locker room. <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, next question, you know? Like, that you can do that without shitting on the coaching staff, shitting on the players, shitting on a- anyone. You could just give the, the nothing answers, and it wouldn't have been a conversation. The problem was is that it became a conversation that this guy game after game after game wasn't talking to the media. So where everyone's like, well, why isn't he doing this? Well, well, what's the problem? This is a guy who was throwing temper tantrums on the sideline earlier this season. We've, we've discussed all of it throughout the year. But uh, a few of the things that he said, Ty, is that he did not want to be negative. That, that was one of the things that he opened. That's one of the reasons why he didn't want to talk. It was not about the play calling of offensive coordinator Brian Johnson. Bullshit. He said it was due... He said it was due to wide receiver Devontae Smith's injury and that he apologized to his teammates because he put them in position to answer questions for him. Okay. So I guess that's why he got injured because of the play calling. Yeah. So it's like that's, I guess that's literally why he didn't want to talk. But Brown also addressed his relationship with head coach Nick Sirianni. Brown said that the Eagles players improvised and we went on our own on a play that resulted in an interception at the end of their loss to the Seahawks last month and credited Sirianni with taking the blame by saying that the team was trying to draw a pass interference penalty. Brown said he appreciates Sirianni's loyalty because he takes up for us when it has nothing to do with I do respect that. I do too. But, Ty, can, can you explain to me why with fucking 13 seconds left these guys went off script and improvised by themselves when all they needed was 15 fucking yards? I, the only explanation I have is that they have such – they have no faith and no confidence and no actual respect deep down. They're, 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 they're saying what they can. He probably they're called saying, the bubble screen, and they were like, you know what? Fuck like, this. Yeah, fuck this. Fuck we're this. Doing another bubble screen. Four verticals. <laughs> I respect it because, honestly, I'd rather them come up with the play calling than Brian Johnson. Just my opinion Truly. or whoever else is coming up with it. Um Honestly, I, I think m- most of what AJ Brown said was honestly good. I think he, you know, I was expecting some um, some Jamar Chase randomly saying, you know, hey, there's a fire, you know, we're lit- lighting a fire under the Chiefs DBs or something random. Where you're like, bro, what? Or like when To would just randomly say nonsense, or AB or any of the receivers because you know how receivers are. I mean, um, the, the greatest AJ Brown tweet is like the he who smiles holds the knife or something like that. It's like, something, what, something so stupid. What the fuck but, is he talking about? Yeah, AJ Brown. <laughs> listen, he went to Ole Miss. All right, give him a break. Um, so, but I, I thought most of what he said honestly was good. Like he got the fan, the fans are on his side. And honestly, a, a lot of what he said, he's like, you know, the media is making this and making it, making that. He's one hundred percent right. The media is awful. I mean, sports media is so, is is so bad in, in the current the current state of it is just pathetic you know um and i do think people are trying to make it a little bit about aj when it's it's not but but you gotta admit that he kind of made it about himself as well by not talking well yeah i mean yeah by saying i'm not gonna talk and then tweeting hey i'm gonna talk tomorrow everybody you know kind of like lebron like the decision uh the interview if you will (laughs) um but i but at least uh, at least what i'll say is i do like what came of the interview i think there is a little bit more clarity i think I think it could rally the guys. It doesn't seem like there's as much um, 
uh, you know, inner squad beef. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the issues, I think the issues, if there are any locker room issues, which there might not even be, but if there are, I think it all stems from the, the coordinators, offense and defense. And I don't think these guys want to say that. Like, I don't think anybody's against Sirianni. I don't think he's lost the locker room, but I think his coaching hires and his coaching staff has lost faith with the locker room. So I think, you know, a lot of these guys are trying to be professional and they're doing a good job, right? Nobody's coming out and trashing these guys. Listen, the LSU, um, who was it? <laughs> they just fired all their defensive guys. And, um, oh, Braden Swinson, one of our best edge rushers. He has a pile of rocks. He tweets a video and right after the defensive coordinator, Matt House, gets fired. He has a pile of rocks and he kicks them, meaning like, you know, kick rocks. And then our other best player, Harold Perkins, tweets, it ain't no fun when the rabbit has the gun. Like just absolutely throwing shade on the defensive coordinator that just got fired. Meanwhile, in the NFL, these guys are just like, no, no, you know, Brian Johnson, he's fine. He's fine. It's us. So I do respect him for that, for not trying to publicly shame the guy, even though we all know what the issues are. Um, so silver lining, I like it. I think he, um, he restored some faith within the Eagles community, which is very hard to do. Not a, you, not, not, not necessarily you and I, but other people and, um, all that. So I guess, you know, anything that came of it, uh, of that interview, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, I, I don't think AJ is the problem. I don't think the locker room is lost, but I do think there are some, some issues. And I think once this season ends, you're going to hear a lot. The voices might get a little, yeah. a little bit louder. And then I think right away, as soon as the season that ends, uh, Brian Johnson's gone. I think he should be. I, I think a lot of this, the fracture or whatever they talk about, it, it has a lot to do with the, with this team's n- n- lack of faith and belief in the coaching staff. That that's, that's where this is all centered around. And uh, I, I appreciate Nick Sirianni saying that because I'm glad that A.J. Brown came out and defended him because that's still something where I was like, that's yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard that you're trying to draw a pass interference penalty at the end of the game. I'm just glad. I mean, he's that's that's what a good coach would do. Andy used to do it all the time and would just say, it's all me. You know, I got to do a better job when obviously yeah. it wasn't his fault and his players were morons. And McNabb would throw a pick right to a fucking cornerback and you're like, dude, what was he looking at? He's like, I got to do a better job. I got to call a better play. You're like, okay. Well, that's annoying, but at least we're not thinking about that anymore. You know, like we're we're right. thinking about how we're pissed at, at the coach, and he just you know he's a shield for a lot of the uh, anger. But uh, he said, I mean, at least he him coming out and saying all this, it, it kind of quelled the the Nick Sirianni discussion, and, and like you know, like I I had we this had you guys have heard the pod we recorded yesterday, it probably would have been a lot more like get Sirianni's ass out of here, fire him, you know, like, we were a lot more pissed yesterday as opposed to when he came, when A.J. Brown came out and talked, uh, you know, like, I saw some people online now acting like this is like, oh, we're going to win the Super Bowl now, I'm like, well, well, let's fucking relax, you know, like, yeah, yeah it's always the the, the, the extreme, let, let, let's calm down a little bit, I, I, I didn't get that feeling off this, but he did say some more, I have nothing but respect for him, because not all coaches do that. Uh, we ride with him. We ride with Brian. We just got to come out and play ball. The coaches have played zero snaps this year. It's on us. Uh, you know, it's right there. Uh, yada yada yada. So that that is kind of the extent of what he said. I really do think, though, Ty, the real reason why he came out and talked was because uh, Marcus Hayes wrote that article about him and said that he was the reason why the locker room was kind of split or fractured. So I think he was coming yeah. out and defending himself. Yeah, and I think this is a good way to respond. He kind of. I'm I'm pr- I'm pretty sure he took a shot at um uh, at him at one point. Marcus Hayes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. which Those Marcus Hayes. Yeah, Marcus Hayes. Yeah, he, he, I was like, you said that yeah, guy he's the fucking, fucking sucks. Worst. He yeah he's, he's been the worst. 
Always. For so long. He's I a troll. I remember my dad. Yeah, like, God. T- 10 years ago, we're watching Comcast Fortnite, and he's just – He's got that monotone voice and that little dreary look on his face, and he acts like he knows what he's talking about. And he's just a fucking loser, just a loser. So. He is uh, like he is like the ultimate like contrarian. He does. I don't think he believes half the shit that he says. He always just is trying to go for shock value and shit like that. And when he's on WIP, I instantly turn it off. I don't want to hear him. It's that simple. Like I respect his work and everything. I just don't agree with any any of his opinions ever. So yeah, uh, I don't like. Why would I? Why would I get myself all upset and? I I'm always want to call uh, and argue with him, but I just know he would, you know, <laughs> yeah, pro- you, you would, would probably, probably say some that. things yeah. that you, uh, that they wouldn't allow, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah. For anybody that's blaming AJ Brown solely or even like remotely is, is lost. It's, it's the coordinators, it's the coaches. And that's, I mean, I saw Jalen's or uh, AJ say, you know, people, people are mad at the screen calls, but if, you know, somebody makes a block, it's a 30 yard touchdown, which is probably, you know, possibly, or I shouldn't say possibly, it's probably true, but also like, the reason that those plays aren't working in week 17, I think, is a testament to the coaches. So, Yeah, yeah. it seems like now I'm reading an article that's like it, all the articles that uh, the Inquirer has written, uh, the, the opinion pieces of some of these columnists, and it's just, you know, a lot of nonsense. The um, Mike Sealski saying that Brock Purdy would be loved here more than – Jalen Hurts yeah. or something like Hilarious. that. Just basically because he's white. It's you know <laughs> the internal concerns about uh, Jalen Hurts, but written by Jeff McLean. It's there's a lot of just nonsense going on. But that's why people hate the media here. Really, like th- there's a lot of hot take artists that go out there and they just instead of doing like a good honest work and not being like a you know like somebody I always think of. Uh, you're not a Phillies fan, but uh, you probably know who this is. Jim Salisbury. Like he always yeah. just. Wrote good articles, reported the news, and I always look for to hear his opinions on stuff like that. Dude, there is a way to do the job without being just a shock jock sort of kind of guy. So I, I don't know, but yeah, Ty, uh, I think that's uh, I think that's that, that about wraps it up for our birds. Uh, I, I actually, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, my voice is starting to absolutely cook out on me because you know what happens to drink this coffee, get all jacked up, start talking a mile a minute, and I run out of gas. But are they going to beat the Giants this weekend? Are we going to uh, – I mean, I really am at the point where I don't have any faith. I feel better than I did yesterday when we were talking about this, but what do you um, – do, do you have – I mean, I know I'm kind of – like I, I don't have much energy for this team in this game. Yeah, I think they're going to come out. It's going to be a statement game. Um, do what they need to do. It's on the road, so maybe people are going to think, oh, it's close. It's on the road. Um, I think they're going to come out and smoke them. Tyrod starting. Um They'll actually have a chance to game plan for him instead of him coming in mid-game. I think that matters. Um, I think the Giants just stink. Um, Got to watch out for Darius Slayton because he burns us almost every game, it seems like. So do not put Reed Blankenship on him one-on-one. And, yeah, um, yeah I think we should come out and smoke him. Smoke him. Saquon, uh, you know, as a, as a whole, they're, they're, just, uh, they're just not it. Yeah, I mean, we threw for 300 yards on them, you know, just last week. So uh, I, I, I have... A belief that they should get it done, but I, I will be honest, I, I can't believe that they just lost to the Cardinals, so I'm a little yeah. shell-shocked and don't really have faith. They're only five-point favorites. They're going up to MetLife. Uh, the tur- you know, Everyone talks about this turf because uh, all these people have gotten hurt there. I, I, that seems like a, a real like uh, useless conversation because... Tons of games are... I mean, I think there's 17 games that are played there each year, you know? So, 
yeah. eight, you know, with, with the Jets and uh, Giants combined. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really care to talk about f- field playing conditions unless it's the Super Bowl and the sod father is involved. That's the only conversation of field conditions I want to talk about. But uh, at the end of the day, we are much better. We are a much better team. It scares me that Tyrod Taylor is playing quarterback because he actually will throw the ball to the people that <laughs> need, need to get the ball. He won't be running for his life like Tommy DeVito was during the Christmas Day game. I think we would have blew them out had we not had those self-inflicted wounds uh, with uh, you know uh, Z- Zucchini knocking out uh, Boston Scott and the the pick six where Dallas Goddard just slipped and, and it just was an unfortunate like you know circumstance. So. I think we would have blew them out. It wouldn't have been much of a game had that not happened. I think the Eagles will... It'll be a closer game. I think it'll probably be a lot like the last game, really. I don't I don't see it. It's too close for there to be much of a difference. The Giants are ready to get out of here uh, you know, and end their season. I don't think it really matters all that much if we... like Unless the, the Cowboys lose, which is very possible. I mean, they're on the road against Washington. Washington is bad but they you know Dallas has shown you that they're not the best road team in the world and they could they turn into a completely different team this is a team that also lost to the Cardinals as well so we are you know very similar to them in a lot of senses so I'm gonna take the Eagles they win 28 24 something like that 30 24 so maybe they cover maybe they don't I don't know I wouldn't bet it if I were you but uh what do you got yeah, I'm gonna say thirty to twenty. Okay, I think we uh, we, ha- we handle business. I I just hope the defense. I really hope the defense just comes out, and gets some pressure on Tyrod Taylor, makes yeah, his just life one difficult. little sack. That's it. Yeah, uh, Jalen Carter had a sack last week, right? I, I'm pretty I'm pretty yeah. sure he was one of the people that I saw on the list. So good. Uh, Josh Sweat did not. Josh Sweat. I mean, it seems like that's. I saw a lot of people talking about how Josh Sweat has just abandoned his run uh run responsibilities. That's why. They were just running on the edges uh, last week, and he's just all focusing on just sacks. That's all he wants is to get a sack. Well, he's so not getting them. So. He's definitely not getting them. So, uh, you know, it, it's it. This is just tough. It has been a tough, tough road. But Ty, you know what? You want to talk about some good things? Joel Embiid is back for the Sixers. The holidays are Thank over. God. Joel's ankle is finally okay. So maybe Howard Askin was right. He was just skipping playing for two. You know, not not play during the holidays. Wanted to hang out with his family. That was one of the most ridiculous tweets I've ever seen in my life. That was I don't know if you saw that. That was so funny. I don't think I did. The night before Christmas, he tweeted. He was like, uh, that Joel did it, like wanted a private jet to Miami for the game because he didn't want to play, like or he didn't want to play on Christmas. Basically, he wanted to hang out with his uh with with his kid and with his family. But, <laughs> but it's like, he, so he basically the injury was his out. Like that's he tried to act like he like got, didn't get himself hurt on purpose, but like he's milking the injury. That was the tweet. I'm trying to find the tweet on the spot. Maybe he got hit by a car. Yeah, like well, Kelly. I mean that that seems like that's a good move if you're looking to miss a game. But let me see if I can find. Uh, here you go. Ready for this? Interesting that Joel Embiid is out for a Sixers Christmas night game. In Miami, what with what is being reported as an injury, I was told a week ago he told slash asked team officials to get him a private plane to fly out day of game. Team left Christmas Eve so he could be home Christmas morning. He fell in the first quarter of Friday night's game, yet played the entire game. And Bede never wanted to go to Miami on Christmas. Found a way not to go at all. Merry Christmas. That's. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what he tweet. Finishes it off with Merry Christmas. It'd be pretty crazy how you created the whole career just straight up on hating your own city. Asking, truth always hurts. <laughs> So, absolute Jesus troll. Eskin's been doing it for a long time. He's been very good at it for a while. But uh, I just said that. I just did that as a joke. People don't think I'm actually taking him serious. It's just good to have Joel back. It makes the Sixers get more watchable. Uh, like, cause yeah, I'll say. These past couple weeks, I've watched them, but it's just tough, tough basketball. I mean, Maxi had a 40-burger in Houston. That was nice. They lost to the Bulls, which they shouldn't. Uh, and then, you know, yeah. see. I was going to say, look at the offense compared when they played the Bulls um, last Saturday or two Saturdays ago, whatever. I think it was last Saturday. Um, yeah. Compared to when they played them yesterday. <laughs> like, completely big different. difference here. Big difference here. So, you know, Joel putting up a pretty much a, a triple, not pretty much, putting up a triple double in like 30 minutes. Crazy. He's now the odds on favorite to win the MVP. Um, I'm here for it. I would love for him to win another MVP. I mean, listen, I don't think we're winning at all. I don't think he's going to win a finals uh, or a finals MVP. So stack up these awards while you can. Uh, it, but it is going to be hard. There's four. There are four, maybe five legit candidates this year. My personal favorite right now is Shea Gilgis Alexander. He is just, I mean, he is doing whatever he wants to everybody. He hit Derek White with a dream shake last night. And uh, he had, I think, 36, 7, and 7, an efficient 36, 7, and 7 against Boston. So, uh, the Thunder are showing up. They're, they're like undefeated on back to backs. I know the whole team is like 22, 23, but uh, that team is nasty. Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, a bunch of players. Isaiah Joe is turning into a, a sniper for them, somebody we could have used. Yeah, of course. Um, so, SGA is up there. Luka Doncic is doing ungodly things in yeah. Dallas with, with that, you know, average uh, supporting cast. And of course, Nikola Jokic is just. <laughs> You know, it seems like he doesn't even try. He doesn't even care. He doesn't even love basketball. He's just out there doing whatever he wants and dropping triple doubles whenever he wants. Uh, and then you have Embiid, who's just he's kind of doing the same thing, really. You know, he's he's averaging close to a triple double. Another trip dub last night. Just rolls out of bed and drops a trip dub last night. Crazy. So um, I will say I am very very pessimistic about the whistle that he gets in the play, uh, in the regular yeah, season compared to the playoffs. That's fair. Because that thing just it, it just goes away, and I, you know, I don't want to necessarily just blame him. But the refs, NBA refs, are just abysmal. So you know they'll they'll, they'll call whatever they want to call when you're playing the Hornets in uh, December. But when it's April, May, and you're playing the Celtics, there's a lot of shit that's not going to get called. So hopefully, you know, I think he has the biggest the biggest drop off from regular season points per game to playoffs point, points per game, some like thirty something to twenty three. So. Hopefully that turns around. Uh, hopefully Maxi can c- continue to be that Robin, uh, that Robin to his Batman. Because um, obviously when Embiid's not playing, it gets a little tougher for for Maxi to score to score efficiently. Uh, but when, like I guess when Embiid's playing, man, you know Kelly Oubre, even if he has a bad game, he's there. He's chipping in. Tobias yeah. Harris uh, had a nice game last night. Um, even Batum can can provide some minutes that we didn't think. Uh, was going to happen? Jaden Springer finally played 21 minutes last night. Um, four fouls, which you know that, that's that try-hard defense he plays. But he also had, I think, a block and a steal. Um, th- that guy barely plays any minutes and averages a half of a steal and a half a block. That's kind of crazy. Like if he played 30 minutes, he'd probably uh, be all defensive team in the NBA. But kind of like Thibel, he, he can't stay on the court long enough. Uh, you know, fouling and not really being being a negative on offense. So. 
I do have issues with our bench. I mean, Marcus Morris, <clears throat> some games will have like 10, 15 points, and you'll be like, oh, that's a, that's a decent little bench option. And then some games he doesn't score at all, doesn't really play at all, and it kind of gives you some concern. So I think they definitely have to make a move. I saw Kyle Newbeck talking about pa- Pascal Siakam earlier today. Yeah, You brought him up before. Um, I don't know if he fits, but I, I cannot say I'd be mad if we traded for him. I can't. I, you know, I, I want something else. I want somebody else to help. Um you know, if, if we got him and it didn't work out, I'd be like, whatever, it didn't work out. It is what it is. It's better than what we had. You know, we didn't really have much. Um, we needed something, and OG Ananobi is off the board. I would love Alex Caruso. Maybe like an Alex Caruso. I was going to say DeMar DeRozan, but I do not want DeMar DeRozan. So um, something. They, they definitely have to make a move or two, and uh, I think they will. I think they definitely will, closer to the, to the trade deadline. My fear is that they think, you know what, we're doing so good, Embiid is – is taking this team on his back, and this is the year that we break through. I, I wouldn't be so confident in that, but uh, right now, twenty three and ten, not mad, definitely not mad. Third, in, third in the East, and it's gonna be tough to supplant any of the top two, either of the top two. But we're right there. We're only a game behind the Bucks, three behind the Celtics. Uh, the Celtics sixteen and zero at home, fucking crazy. So, uh, and the Milwaukee sixteen and three at home. I, I'm not worried about anybody else in the East. Miami is is finally playing well. Orlando starting to fall off. Indiana, nah, I, that team doesn't play any defense. Cleveland's all banged up. The Knicks, Brooklyn, Chicago. I mean, the East is just not good at yeah. all. But um, meanwhile, you look at the West and Minnesota, OKC, Denver. Even the Clippers of late of late have been fucking running through shit. Uh, Dallas is probably going to be hanging around with Luca. Same with Phoenix. I don't know what what's going on with Phoenix. Um, KD's been playing better lately, but he didn't look. Look like himself for a while, and then Bradley Beals is always hurt. Good thing we didn't trade for Bradley Beal, huh? Um, so yeah, yeah, hopefully we make a move. Yeah, I mean it's really a crapshoot with some of those guys. All of a sudden that guy's back, then it was his <laughs> ankle, then it was something else. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, you, the Suns are falling apart. KD's hurt now with uh, he's got a hamstring injury or something along those lines. But it's 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 tough, man. But the like you said, I was called the Eagles, but the Sixers. Are three seed in the East, like you said, would play the Bucks in the second round. That's always my focus. I'm always just worried about the second round. Their bench, though, not good. Yeah, but it's better. Like, like we we talked about this before. It's better than playing the Celtics in the first round or the, or yeah. the second round. I mean, because if we can get to the Eastern Conference Finals, that's just a mental hurdle that we can advance from. Yeah. Uh, there, someone's like house alarm is going off in my neighborhood. <laughs> it's insane. I don't Who know knows? if has gotten their shit broken into, but. Maybe. Uh, I, I, listen, I would take a Bucks matchup. I would take Pascal Siakam because the only good thing about that is I don't think he would be all that expensive. I would give up, you know, maybe uh, Tobias Harris and something else and some picks. Pick, yeah. You know, and, and if that could get it done, then I would do it. But I don't know what they would be looking for because we don't have a ton of, like, maybe some Jaden Springers or something like that. I don't yeah. know if that would be of interest to them. I, I really don't know. But I think. The good thing with Pascal Siakam is, as opposed to some of the other guys that we've had, even having a Tobias Harris, is that even if Siakam can't score or is not scoring, he can play lockdown defense. Like, he is a good defender. So, I think that would be a, you know, I think that would be a viable, good move to kind of throw him in here. He can play the four next to Embiid or the three, whatever you want to you want to do with him. And him, Ubre, you'd have a really, like, long lengthy team that could play defense and you would have a perimeter scoring in Tyrese Maxey. I think he would be built up well. I just wouldn't trade a lot of that depth that we've 
that we've developed with this bench. You know, I know we don't have great depth, but it's better than having the, some of the guys that we've had in recent memory, right? You know, with some of these yeah. guys we've had, but pulling off the bench, uh, you, you know, even last year, it wasn't even that we, we just were so light. You know, we only had eight guys that we could play. I think the good thing now is that we have Marcus Morris and some of these other guys, you know, Rocco and, and Batum. You know, they're not the greatest players, but at least they can give you something when they come into the game. Uh, I don't know if that's going to translate into the playoffs. We'll, we we shall see. But uh, I, I do feel good. I, I'm, I am excited. I think, you know, and with having Nick Nurse, he's actually a real head coach. He actually looking good, right? makes adjustments. You know, we actually run a real offense. Embiid has taken a, a astronomical step forward in his playmaking. And, and it's just, it's great to see. You know, he has done wonders for this team. And I love hearing Doc shit on Joel whenever he gets the chance or shit good. on the Sixers whenever he gets the love chance, it. dude. You stunk too. You know, it, like, yeah. it was your fault too. So, like, you, you can go cry about it somewhere else, Doc. Keep doing them ESPN games. Austin can keep fucking crying as well. I don't care, so. Now, will you be attending the January 16th matchup between the Nuggets and Sixers in Philly on TNT? It's a Tuesday night. Will you be there? No. No, I'd I'd rather work. What about Monday Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. against the Rockets on the 15th? I would do that. The old MLK game? I would would knock that out. I I would do that. Uh, But, you know, the problem with this, I haven't been to a Sixers game this year. I've kind of been uh, in boycott mode. But... um, just because of how, like, where when I was there at Game Six last year, my heart was broken. Uh, I I don't know how many times I could let one team break my heart in person. You know, at least when I'm home, I could just go up to bed and you know just call it a night. But when you're at the stadium and you have to sit in traffic on the way out, and you're just sitting there listening to the radio, and they're like, uh, "Epic collapse here by the Sixers here in Game Six," you're like, "Wow!" Like it just it becomes even more real it just hurts it hurts every yeah. time but hurts a lot uh yeah no i i would like to go to a game soon i'm kind of buying back in i'm i'm just curious to see what they do at the deadline and then we're a little Speaking bit of a month away buying back in are you out on the flyers they're they're on a skid three game skid what do you think i'm not out on them i think i like the way they play they're out west you know so it's kind of they're just getting beat up on the road That's tough the it's, Oilers are also like a, a wagon. At least they, they yeah, can be a wagon. They, I mean, they Conor are. McDavid was doing, <laughs> doing I mean, Conor McDavid shit things. on Travis Sanheim last night. That was rough. <laughs> I can't even be mad at anything that that motherfucker does on the ice because it's just it's it's insane. He's just you know I think that I hope hopefully that's what Connor Bedard turns into. He's he's getting there, but he needs some help. Um, I will say the Flyers are young, and you know winning the games, being in the place they're at. I mean they're above Washington, which I don't think anybody saw Washington coming out. Coming where they uh, being where they are, the, jer- the the Devils and the Penguins though, like you know, really stinking it up. So shout out to the Flyers for telling those two uh, those two teams to catch up, buddy. Uh, Travis Konechny is, is scoring is tapered off a little bit, but again, I like seeing guys like Owen Tippett, Joel Farabee, Bobby Brink. They're contributing. They're going to be 40, 50, 60 point scorers this year, let alone next year, or the next five years. I mean, let's see, Farabee is twenty three. Um. Owen Tippett is 24. Also love his hair. Bobby Brink is 22. I, I think they have a nice little young mix of, of players. Cam York's producing. He's only 22. Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I'm here for it. I, I am a uh, – Rasmus Ristolainen looks like he's not really contributing much. Who could have saw that coming? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Better than I, Zamula. I like what they're doing. Fucking Igor yeah, Zamula. I, I mean, what, what where, big for where nothing, Where they got that dude. guy from. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, the – the one thing I would say, I would caution the Flyers, or I mean, not even caution them. I think they know this, but like, 
you're either in or you're out. You know, like I, I don't want them to sit, stand pat at the deadline. Like if yeah. you're if you're gonna go for it, then not like I'll go all the way in trading all these picks, but like add something to this team, help these guys out. I think at some point this season you're gonna get a Cutter Gutierrez <clears throat> hey. to make it make an appearance. He's one of their top prospects. Uh, I think he's at Boston College right now. He, he's a good player. He's a, just a seems like a goal scoring, just sniper sort of guy, you know kind of guy. Big could play wing, could do really a lot of things, but could could add to this team. I don't know how you know great he'll be right away, but I think in the future he's going to be up. a big part of this. I do think that the Flyers should probably just trade some of these guys. You know, some of these older guys, the Sean Walkers of the uh, team, and just maybe try to get something. You know, the, I think there's going to be a discussion at some point that, you know, maybe Carter Hart, maybe maybe it's time for him to go because of the way Arison's been playing. You know, he, yeah. he's he's played really good uh, of recent. And there's it, it seems like he's been playing a lot. Like, that's what I, I, I don't like. Getting him ready. Yeah, I guess I keep wondering. I mean, Carter kind of got cooked last night, but I don't think it was necessarily his fault. He was up against it with... All the yeah. shit that he was getting. I mean, Konechny is a huge part of the. I think the future of this team. So I, I wouldn't necessarily move him. He's only twenty six years old. Couturier could could potentially be moved. I mean, he's an older guy, but uh, you know, unless again with all with all these guys, I'm not in a rush to trade them. If you get a good offer for somebody like one of these guys, then I would like Cam Atkinson. Give him away for a, for a bag of donuts. You know, it, yeah. it's, he's kind of cooked. He doesn't really he, – he can't score anymore. I don't understand what's happened. But he can't score. I don't know what he can do. Exactly. Uh, so. so, But, like, Did I you think – your f- boy retired. Who? Uh, I don't think this was that this recent, but Nolan Patrick has decided to retire yes. from hockey. That's um, unfortunate. Yeah. That's very sad. I remember telling my dad, I'm like, he's like, what do you think about this kid? I'm like, dad, honestly, I don't think he's going to really play long. Like, he's already had multiple concussions. He's already had, like, leave multiple games as in juniors – in juniors, where like hitting is almost disallowed. Um, anytime this guy gets hit, it's not even that he's fragile, but his head is—he's just had some bad injuries, and yeah. it's, it's going to be something that happens. Maybe he is fragile, and uh, I kept telling him he's not—he's going to be a bust. Not, not his fault, but he's—he's he's just not going to pan out. I don't think. And I didn't even know really what the fuck I was talking about. Like I didn't know much about Nico Hishier. I was just like, bro, this Nolan Patrick guy. Like, anytime I see a highlight of him, he's—he's he's like. You know, doing a stanky leg on the ice, like he's he's rocked or he's out cold, like he's getting concussed all the time, and it, it kept happening in in, uh, in the NHL. And he was super talented. Like the only reason he didn't go first overall was because of multiple concussions. So yeah, yeah, that's fucked up, man. Like seeing a young player, you know, he's probably the shit his whole life. Everyone kept telling him like, "Yo, you're gonna be this, you're gonna be that," and then he gets to that level and it just gets taken away from him. And it's not really his fault. It's not his fault, actually. So that sucks. That's very sad to see. I'm sure a lot of Flyers fans are pissing and shitting on him, or also kind of what doing we're doing, and they they also feel bad. Yeah, so. no, I think I I think people were kind of over that at, at a certain point because it was just like, what can you do? Like uh, you you f- you really feel bad for the guy, and I mean, really, we traded him for a guy who's never going to play hockey again as well. So it's like you really, how can you be that you know mad? It, it's just an unfortunate thing. These guys. You know, it's just it, injuries happen, man. You know, it sucks. It it, re- it really does. Um, Ryan, like Ryan Ellis, that that's a cr- craziest story. I think the guy Wild. played four games for the Flyers, never played again. <laughs> you know, it's that's that's crazy. And, and kind of like Bob, remember that Bobrovsky thing? Yeah, I don't think it. I think he just wasn't good. But Flyers just seem to be snake bitten with uh, big moves. Remember the um, was it Parise or was it Weber or was it both? 
They tried well, getting both or Weber. They, or they tried to get Parise, and he went to Minnesota. They also tried to get Ryan Suter. He went to yeah. uh, he went wherever the fuck he went Minnesota as well. And then they, I think they traded for they the rights. They, they traded for the rights to Shane Weber or something like that. And uh, they, the, yeah, the contract got matched. It was something along the lines of that. Yeah, like it was that's what huge it was. Contract we made a huge contract offer, and it got God, matched. It got matched because that motherfucker Shane Weber did not age well. Big defenseman that blocks shots, even if they have a big slap shot themselves, they just don't age well. He's big still playing. Do not. Um, <laughs> he's playing for the Coyotes. Is yeah, that is that yeah. accurate? <laughs> um, yeah, I believe it is accurate. Ryan Suter is also still playing for the Stars, and he is absolutely cooked beyond belief. No way, I think Shane Weber playing. is. But Ryan Suter, yeah. No, Ryan no, I, no, I agree with uh, that. I'm saying there's no way Shane Weber is still playing. No, I. I <laughs> no, I mean, he's, he done. Both, he's done. He's done. He's uh, done. This is last year's stats. Tw- yeah, it doesn't. What's going on? Oh, someone two hit, this is two years ago. Yeah, okay, someone so hit me up. I, 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 come on, He's, Google. <laughs> he hasn't played in a couple of years. So no, I think he last time he played was with the the Habs, the Canadians, and I think they traded his rights or his contract uh, to the Coyotes. So the Coyotes he said, can just "Yo, reach the floor. fuck that." Yeah, he said, and they said, and they said oh, "Hey, hey, also, we don't want you to play for us either, buddy. Yeah. Don't get it twisted. We just want your contract. You can kick rocks and hey, chill out in the stay the home, Scottsdale, eh? uh, the Scottsdale." Uh, uh, the casino. weather, the old, the old dry weather, dude, just chilling. Yeah, uh, the dry heat that people kept telling me was so great that I fucking hate it. But um, <laughs> yeah. So there you go. There, there's our hot. Well, that's crazy. We just did some some good hockey talk right there. Yeah, we got to sneak that in some more because, uh, like, you know, I don't think the Flyers get enough love. I, I would like to, you know they had the Blue Jackets tomorrow, and then they got a uh, January sixth game. So wow, all right, celebrating the you know the infamous day in history. So there you go. One o'clock game. What's that on Saturday? I want to. I might go to that. That's a, I, I, against the, the Flames at home. That might be a nice little game. Let's to do go it. To. But hey, fly up, fly up for the Flyers game. But I'll, I'll be there. Ty, before we get out of here, I did want to talk about the uh, New Year's Day college football playoff games. Uh, it, in recent memory, Ty, can you think of when both games were as good as the, as those two games were? Michigan beats Alabama in overtime. In a game where it looked like Alabama had that game dead to rights, and Milrow fumbles, and uh, it just you know Tommy Reese finds a way for them to lose that game. Thank God, you know I, I was rooting so hard against them because Tommy Reese did my Notre Dame Fighting Irish dirty. They probably would have been in the playoff had he stayed, just because of how bad our offense was this year. But I digress. Well, you know all things happen for a reason, and Washington beats Texas in a game that came down to the very last play of the game. Michael Penix, I mean, you want to talk about a, a guy who is unbelievable, man. He was dotting the ball all up and down the field. Any throw that you can imagine that he you needed him to make, he made it. It was it was pretty it was pretty phenomenal, man. It, it, yeah, a, was, both those games are just incredible. Texas seems like they blew it. Yeah, I would say last year's playoff was uh semifinals were good. Remember Georgia beat Ohio State uh, by one, and Ohio State was making that comeback, and Ryan Day said, "You know what? I don't want to win." <laughs> and uh, they sent they sent Noah Ruggles out there. Poor Noah Ruggles. Uh, they wanted to kick like a fifty yarder, and he sent that bitch uh, to the popcorn vendor. And then remember, TCU put up fifty one on Michigan, beat them by six. Oh, the the right. semifinals were the semifinals were great. Um, but yeah, this year was awesome, man. Um, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, I guess I forget because all I can remember is that fucking pounding. That Georgia laid on TCU in the championship. Yeah. 
was that was very anticlimactic. So bad, man. Um, the Michigan the, the Michigan Bama game was great. The OT was good. Uh, Jalen Milrow. I remember a couple months ago he was like, "I'm the Heisman motherfucker. Give me that shit." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, buddy, calm down." He had 116 rushing uh, passing yards, only 63 rushing yards. Jason McClellan was bailing them out a lot of times. They're running back number two. And, yeah, I mean, the Bama receivers, they don't have the Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs. Free that man, by the way. Um, Devontae Smith. They don't have any of the Jerry Judy. They I, I like Isaiah Bond. Um, Jermaine Burton, average. He was talking all shit before the game just to do nothing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, it's not the Alabama team that we're used to. Michigan, same thing with Michigan. I mean, they can put up some points. Yeah, uh, I, I don't love J.J. J. McCarthy. I think he's getting overrated. I think if you take him high, could be an issue, but – uh, he's definitely the best quarterback they've had in a while. Their defense is good. Their running back attack uh, with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, who's a stud. Love that. They're coached really well in offense and defense and special. Actually, the special teams is what fucked them over, uh, or almost fucked them over. Um, Texas-Washington, that game was great. Texas, man, whew, almost came back at the end. Quinn Ewers uh, kind of struggled all game. Their, their running game wasn't really working. Yeah. Uh, Jatavion Sanders played well. Um, just a, a lot of athletes on that field, man. Um Washington, however, losing Jabbar Muhammad, their cornerback one. I think he came back. He did. Uh, and Dylan and Dylan Johnson, the running back, who you know he got carted off, but he had a foot injury. He's been battling all year. We'll see if he comes back. Either way, I do like. Um, forget his fucking name. Tybo Rogers. Ty Tybo Tybo Rogers. Yeah. Um, also, they just throw the ball. Like Penix is going to yeah. probably finish with five K this year, and they have Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk. Uh, I don't know if McMillan's back, but uh, Jack Westover. He's also solid the tight end. So. Um, they, listen, like I said, this is my boy Ryan Grubb, man. I, I think if anybody's going to do it, it's him. So we'll see. It's going to be really a just great coaching matchup. Harbaugh, DeBoer, Ryan Grubb against um, Jesse Minter. That's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for that game next Monday. Uh, it was 7.30. It's not 9 or 8. Thank God. 7, 7 to 7.30 seems like the, the it should be the automatic start time for any kind of big sporting event. 7 o'clock, boom. Lock us in. So. Well, especially I think they're learning these these things that uh, the people in the West don't really give a fuck about sports, it seems. Because I, 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 like, they had that game, Washington-Texas, which, you know, would have had everyone over there, like, all, all of their teams that they, they should care about. And I'm pretty sure, like, I saw the ratings and it was, like, not even in the top 20 of, like, college football yeah. playoff games. Too late. Even though, yeah, exactly. Even though it was so good, it, it was, it would have been, it, the game would have started at 545 their time. I'm pretty sure, well, you know, right around six o'clock. So it would have been perfect sort of, you know, end of the night game for them. But instead, it, 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 no one really cared. I'm up at one in the morning watching it because I'm just locked in and I was rooting for Texas. So I was like, yeah. you know, got, got my heart ripped out at the end. Of, what what a crazy turn of events at the end of that game. The, the, that guy gets hurt. It stops the clock so that the Texas gets crazy. the ball. Then they then crazy. they run into the punter, the, the punt returner, get him fifteen yards. Then they throw deep down the field on a play that looked like pass interference offensively, but they just didn't. It didn't. It, did. it, it looked like it, but it wasn't that bad. So I was like, all right, I'm glad they kind of let it go because it would have just killed the uh, the comeback sort of. But you know, if Quinn Ewers throws a better ball there, it's probably you know Texas that we're talking about playing Michigan. So Michigan's only four and a half point favorites on uh, Monday. Well, who do you like in that game? I, 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 I'm probably going to take Michigan. <clears throat> yeah, it seems like this is their year, right? Uh, all the, all the investigations and sign stealing and this and that, which I, I don't even think is that crazy. But I, I, what that guy Connor Stallions was doing was pretty wild. That he was also the Rose Bowl. That guy is a savage. I don't know what. Yep. I think he's maybe he's just a psychopath. I think he's just a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you know 
whatever whatever the case may be, I'm not even that mad. JJ McCarthy was talking about how Ohio State was stealing their signals, and he didn't. He said, "I don't care. I mean, that's that's legal. You can do it. If if you can do it, fucking do it." So, yeah, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Like, I'm sure they're going to get investigated. I'm sure Harbaugh wants to probably go to the NFL. I think he wants to go out on top and then go to the NFL. It would be a picture perfect ending for him, and then he can get back in the you know try to see what he can do in Vegas if they do not keep Antonio Pierce. Or go to the Chargers and see if he can uh, reverse the curse that is on that franchise. Or Philly. You never know. Um, but yeah, I think I think Michigan wins a close one. I think 30, 30 to 27, 30 to 28, something like that. They'll win like a last-second field goal or um, uh, a turnover will go their way in the final seconds. I think Penix is going to have a good game, but I think he might have a pick or two or a fumble or something. Uh, will Johnson, the cornerback for, the, for Michigan, absolute lockdown. Hopefully the Eagles can snag him. It's one of my favorite DBs in this draft. So it'll be interesting. I mean, Ryan Grubb against Jesse Minter, Harbaugh against DeBoer, uh, McCarthy, uh, um, uh, can't, I can't think of his name, Roma Dunze against Will Johnson, uh, Blake Corum against the, uh, the, the front of Washington, Braylon Trice, awesome edge rusher for, uh, for the Huskies. And Michigan does not have their all, all world uh, center, Zach Zinter. He yeah. snapped his leg a couple weeks ago. The Ohio State game. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, there's multiple, Multiple, um, you know, storylines, you know, storylines, yeah. matchups, all the thank you. I can't, you know, my brain can only say so many words and think of so many things. <laughs> um, very limited capacity in this brain. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot to look forward to in this game, you know, other than one versus two. Um, so I'm really, I mean, the coaches, the players, the the Husky, the mascots. Yeah. Love the, love the mascot off, the Wolverine against the Husky. Will the Pop-Tart the Husky, be dude. there? Will the... <laughs> Will the pop tart be there? If 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 he is, I hope it's brown sugar cinnamon. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. So uh, I agree with you though. Like I, I think it's gonna be a close game. I think Michigan gets it done. I think the only like the only way they win this game is if their line bullies the other line. You know, like that, uh, especially yeah. on defense. If they're able to get to Penix or at least put pressure on him and not let him really set his feet. Seemed like Texas got to him at some point, like at certain points, but they weren't able to consistently get pressure. I saw Michigan was putting a lot of pressure on Milrow. So if they're able to do that, maybe force him to go to his right, you know, and throw the ball because when he's going to his left, he's tough, man. He's tough going either way. Penix is awesome. He really is. He's yeah. accurate. He he and he throws. I mean, he's he's just really a good thrower of the football. And I hope Especially he deep. I hope he gets a shot in the pros because they'll they'll they always just doubt these guys who are maybe smaller and who. You know, uh, just our typical, your, your prototypical, yeah, like college uh, quarterbacks. But when you can throw also, the ball. he's a little old. He is. He is. For what but, worth. but he's not older than Bo Nix. Yeah, so. that's the thing. But, like, also, like, he's old. But, like, are you trying to win now or are you trying to win, you know, in the future? You, you know, like, this guy's going to yeah. be on a light contract. You know, just – I'm not even saying a first-round pick. Maybe just, you know, he gets a chance to day two, day compete three. for Dude, some, listen, for some job believe – Jalen Hurts went where he went in the draft. I was like, yo, this bum is going to suck ass in the league. Literally. And he turned that into a $250 million contract, almost an MVP. So, why, you know, why can't Penix do that? Like, I don't know. I, I do I do think the people that are prisoners of the moment saying he got robbed of the Heisman, he should get his Heisman back, and that they should do the Heisman voting after the bowl games and semifinals. I think that's absolute bullshit, and I think Jaden Daniels, not even being biased, Jaden Daniels 1 million percent deserved that Heisman. No, 100%. I don't... I don't don't care what his defense did. There's he can only do so much. I mean, look what he did against Alabama. Dallas Turner, that fucking scumbag, 
took him out of the game, and they were doing pretty well. So all I needed to see was his stats compared to Joe Burrow's from his season, and I was like, okay, yeah, and they're very, very similar. Uh, he Meanwhile, won. the team is def- definitely different. You know, he's throwing in some good players, but not Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, Terrace Marshall. Exactly. I mean, it's God, like, that team was uh, so fucking stacked. But count on Brian Kelly to just hire the wrong people and get the wrong people in there. That's so. all right. Hey, listen, they're all fired. He Fuck fired that, all of them. Fuck that. We're, we're cleaning guy. house. I fucking hate that guy. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Hot Take Hotbox. We will be right back with you. Uh, by the time you're finished and listen to this, you'll have another episode to listen to. This will be the another Shoulder one. Strikes MMA Awards. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. The first ever. We are excited for this. So we will be right back with you, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Matt McSweeney. I'm Tiger Bone. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to set a wager limit on FanDuel because sometimes you can let it get away with you.